Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening, everyone. It's the Boy Green. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Welcome to those who watch live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope. Those who watch and replay broadcast or listening to a podcast, welcome to our weekly Bible study. So I'm going to open up and pray, and we're going to jump right on into uh, today's lesson. Father, we come now, we give you in glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad. And we thank you, O God, for the word that shall go forth on today, O God. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear. Touch our heart that we receive this word that may take root in our lives. We come against any distraction of the enemy right now. We thank you, O God, for helping us to focus in, O God, what you're showing us, what you're revealing to us. Speak to me. Speak through me, O God. You be glorified. You be magnified. We give your name all glory, honor, and praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Good evening, good evening to everyone. Uh, so last week, uh, again, we were on part eight of our series, Defeating the Demonic Strongman, and we continue talking about uh, strategies uh, of the strongman. Uh, and so we, we talked about the different strategies, uh, how the strongman, again, tries to uh, uh, plot against us to, to again, of course, to try to get us to, to, to bite the bait, how they try to sift us. And, and we see how the, the sifting process, or even when Satan asks for Peter, uh, uh, he, he was literally asking for a complete takeover. Peter, he was, he was, he was, he was asking for a trial. He was demanding a trial against Peter. So we talked about how uh, even the straw man tries to bring cases against us in the course of heaven. Uh, and of course, those monitoring spirits that study us, study every move, etc., uh, and they use that to gather evidence to try to present against us in the courts of heaven. While we have to make sure that we're showing up in the courts of heaven through prayer, how that sifting process, how the enemy try, you know, in the sifting, they try literally trying to beat. Beat us, beat us down to make us weak, to, to make us tired, to crush us, uh, uh, literally trying to, to, to weaken us, to choke out uh, uh, what, what belongs to us. Uh, how the strong man wants to bring a, a lot of unwanted things in our life. They want to test your faith. They want to toss you around, throw you around until you hit rock bottom. So uh, we just talk about different strategies. We continue to talk about different strategies um, of of the strong man. And again, of course, how as a godly strong man, we have the power to overpower uh demonic strongman uh so today we're going to go into part nine uh today we're going to talk about uh reclaiming spiritual gates from the strongman so again we'll talk about reclaiming spiritual gates from the strongman and so uh back in biblical times old testament times there was uh before the destruction of uh, of the walls and gates during that time all the cities were surrounded by high walls all the cities were surrounded by high walls. We remember we said how that those high walls were also a stronghold uh, to to protect against the attacks of the enemy, and how how the strong man builds strongholds. We talk about the strongholds of the strong man. How demonic strong men build strongholds around our life, wrong thought patterns. Uh, it's a stronghold uh, to to hide behind those strongholds so that the strong man can buy more time. And so. Uh, all the cities were surrounded by high walls. The walls were used as a defense to protect against invading armies. Again, that's why the demonic strongman loves to use uh, uh, walls to try to prevent us uh, from um, 
as far as certain things getting in, certain things getting out. So they try to put up these walls. And so uh, uh, every city during that time also had gates. And a lot took place within those gates. Uh, the gates were uh, with a way. It, it, it was just a, a major part of the city. Uh, it was the only way in the city. It was the only way out the city. The only way you can get into each city was through the gates. And so near the gate was also a marketplace where people would, would they bought and sold items. Uh, the kings would sit at the gate to make judgments or or, or or they would feel the political the political climate of the people to get a, a sense for what the people were feeling, what they were sensing, what they were saying. Uh, the elders or the wise men of the city would sit at the gates and they would give their wisdom. They would give advice. They would settle disputes between people. Uh, our prophets would even prophesy near the gate. So pe- people would gather the gates to discuss local news, have discussions, have debates on various topics. So the gate was an all access pass to the city, to the life of the city. The gate was the literal pulse of the city. And so the gate represented power and authority in the city. Uh, whoever possessed the gates to any city ruled the city. And that's why the enemy army, the invading armies, whoever the invading army was, would always try to get control of the gate. And so at night, the gates would be locked. They would be closed and guarded. And they had these tall watchtowers where uh, that was built at the, at the top corners of the gates. So that the watchmen could, could could work their shifts at night and be on the lookout for any incoming intruders. So 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 again, they, they would be on the lookout for any incoming intruders so that they could warn the people. And so again, that's what we talk about watchmen on the wall. And so as a child of God, you, you must be a watchman, watchwoman, gender inclusive watchman on the wall through prayer so that you can determine what comes in and what gets out. So we have to stay on our post. We have to pray. We have to watch. We have to pray. Stay on our post. And so and so you see the enemy coming when you're on your post and you'll be ready to turn them around. You'll be ready to engage the enemy that's trying to engage you. And you see them coming. You see their plans. Their plans will be exposed. Their traps will be exposed before they can even get to you. That's the importance of being on your watch. The strong man doesn't want you on your watch because the strong man doesn't want you praying. The strong man knows that you have a prayer life. The strong man will be exposed. The strong man will not be able to stay there. No matter how long they've been there, they know you're persistent and consistent in prayer. Their time will come. Their end will come. They will have to go. They will have to leave. And so we're gonna, we have to stay on our post through prayer, through fasting, through warfare, and not back down. Because the strong man wants you to not pray. The strong man wants to weaken you. The strong man wants to trap you. The strong man wants those wounds to stay hidden in your soul so you never see those wounds because they know the moment you recognize those wounds and you start talking, targeting those wounds and getting heat of those wounds, they will have nothing that they can hold on to. That's why the strong man is always looking for a legal right, some loophole, some opening to get a legal right Against us to keep the cycle going, to keep the pattern going. And so we will get our legal right as we keep praying, as we keep showing up in court, as we stay obedient to God. So the gates are very important. Your gates, we're going to get into, let's go to uh, Matthew 16, verses 18 to 19. Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 through 19. That's Matthew 16, verses 18 through 19. New King James Version says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, 
And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the king of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So we know that Jesus spoke these words to Peter when Peter acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah, he was the son of God. So Jesus let Peter know, wait a minute, Peter, only God could have revealed this revelation to you, Peter. And it was upon this revelation that God gave Peter of who Christ was. He said, it's upon that very revelation that Jesus Christ is our savior, is his, was his savior, that the church will be built upon. The church is built upon the foundation of Christ. And so the church where Christ is the foundation, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Will, 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 will hell try to fight? Yes. But they won't prevail. If we keep showing up, if we stay in obedience, if we stay in faith, if we keep showing up, we're persistent and consistent. Please understand it. I say it and I say it and I say it all the time. This is about endurance. It's about being persistent and consistent until you see the results. Can't get caught up in nobody else, what anybody else is doing, what anyone else thinks, what their opinions are. Pray in war until you see the results. Be persistent and consistent until you see the results. Because the strong man wants to wear us down. The strong man thinks they can outlast us. The strong man thinks they can outwork us. They're not going to outlast us. As long as we don't throw in the towel, as long as we don't keep biting the bait, as long as we don't keep turning around, we can't keep falling for the same traps over and over again. If it's working, they're not going to stop. They ain't just going to stop just because you have to make them stop. See, they're trying to beat you into submission. But we got to beat them into submission. No, we're not going nowhere. We're going to keep putting the pressure back on the enemy. We're going to keep bringing God's kingdom and putting pressure on the camp of the enemy, putting pressure on a demonic strong man because we're godly strong men and we came here to rule. We came here to take over. We're going to keep putting pressure on the kingdom of hell. We will keep putting pressure on the gates of hell. And so in this passage, we understand again that hell has gates. Hell has gates. If it says Hades, it's talking about hell. Hell has gates. It's talking about death. Hell has gates. And hell has some power. We understand that. So if Satan has gates in hell, we also know that gates on earth. Those gates are portals. Those demonic gates are portals that Satan has formed on earth because of access given to him. So there are demonic gates and there's godly gates. Demonic portals, godly portals. And the enemy tries to control our spiritual gates. Remember, the gates was the key to the city. The only way into the city was coming to the gates. The only way out of the city was going to the gates. The enemy understands spiritual laws, that there are gates to our lives. There's gates in the realm of the spirit to the city you live in. There's gates to your destiny. And the enemy wants to stand in front of that gate to block that gate, to lock that gate. What happened when God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, out of his presence, out of his glory? What happened? God didn't put cherub angel. Now, Satan was a fallen, a fallen cherub angel. He was once a cherub angel. 
but he got kicked out. But the cherub angel who was still left in heaven, that God sent cherub angel, some cherub angel to guard access with their flaming swords of fire so that Adam and Eve couldn't enter back in. Why? Because that was a spiritual gate. And because sin violated it, Adam and Eve violated through sin, by God's law, he had to kick them out of that place. They were in full fellowship with God. They were in full communion with God. But because they violated a spiritual law, a spiritual principle by God's own law, guess what? The enemy knew, hey, 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 they violated your law. What did I say before? Satan wanted to get them kicked out of God's glory because Satan was once in God's glory. So no wonder now, watch this now, God could have used the heavenly host. He could have used anyone to guard access back to the Garden of Eden. But who did he use? He used cherub angels. Because cherub angels were custodians or guardians of God's glory. They were managers of the glory of God. While there's still cherub angels in heaven, God still gave us responsibility now to carry his glory, to guard his glory, to manage his glory, to be a good steward over his glory. So because Adam and Eve got kicked out of God's glory, God put cherub angels, custodians of God's glory, to guard God's glory in the garden. So now man had to work hard. To get back into God's glory. Hard to get back into his presence. They had to begin to build that relationship with God again. Because they violated his trust. They violated his spiritual law. And Satan knew that. That's why he used the serpent. He knew that. He knew what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was. He knew what was going to happen if they ate from that. Because he wanted to kick them out of God's glory. The enemy wants to kick you out of God's glory. The strong man does not want you carrying God's glory. They don't want you entering God's glory. They want to kick you out of God's presence so that they can gain access. So they have a better shot of gaining access because they know they can't access you in the glory. So they try to catch you while you're going about in the valley. They're trying to trap you. They're trying to trip you up because a strong man wants to weaken you, wants to try to beat you to submission. But it's our job to beat them to submission. Well, they're going to say enough is enough. I'm packing my bags. I'm leaving. I can't stay here anymore. I have no more room. So we show up. So we know, again, there's gates, there's gates, the gates, your spiritual gates are very, very important. That's why the enemy tries to control your spiritual gates. They're trying to determine what comes in and what goes out. And so just as specific angels ascend and descend from heaven to earth through heavenly portals to carry out their assignments on earth, demons do the same through demonic portals. Satan and his demonic spirits enter to try to ruin the plan of God by trying to destroy us. But we know we already overcome through the blood of Jesus, but the church is built on the foundation of Christ. Built on the foundation of Christ and hell cannot stop it, though they try, though they will try, but they know they can't stop. But they're hoping we throw in the towel, that we give up, that we get weary, that we curse ourselves to keep the same cycle going. The strong man wants to renew covenants that they had with, with us. They want you to keep renewing a covenant through sin. Through disobedience, through cursing yourself. They want you to keep renewing the same contracts, the same covenant over and over again so that the strong man can find more legal rights to stay. To evict the strong man, we have to get a legal right in the courts of heaven. We have the authority of Christ. And though we have the authority of Christ to evict the strong man, the strong man can say, wait a minute, I, I, there's a stay of execution. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, 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 I'm appealing this. 
I'm appealing this because by God's law, technically, ABCD. And that's why, that's the only reason, please understand, when it comes to your power and authority, you, you got to understand this. And I, and, I, and I said it before in this series that the spiritual warfare battle is much as it's, it's as much a spiritual warfare battle as much as it is a legal battle. It's as much a spiritual warfare battle as much as a legal battle. It's equal. But in some cases, you've been fighting, 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 fighting the strong man. But the strong man keeps getting a stay of execution. They, they, they keep getting uh, uh, buying more time by appealing, saying, wait a second. Well, technically. Look at what's still going on with them. Technically, look at the Senate. They're still walking in. Look at the disobedience. Hey, technically, they don't have faith. Well, technically, look at this. I have legal rights because of this this uh, this contamination here. Well, technically, I have legal rights because uh, uh uh, the company that they're keeping. Technically, I have, so so it's a legal battle. So you have to go get that judgment in the courts of heaven. And so it's not that you don't have the power. It's not that you don't have the authority. Sometimes it's just a matter of the strong man found some legal right that they're still using, and you have to take it back to the courts of heaven to get a legal right to overturn that legal right. You have the power. You have, repeat out to me, I have the power. I have the authority. Of Christ. Say it again. I have the power. I have the authority of Christ. It's a legal thing. It's a legal thing. And the only reason a strong man has been able to stay around as long as a strong man has stayed around is because they've been holding on to legal right. And that's why we pray to God, Lord, reveal and expose the hidden things. The things I'm unaware of. Teach me your ways. Teach me your laws. What is the enemy able to take to the courts of heaven to use to buy more time? What has the strong man been using to buy more time? Expose them, Lord. And I'm going to go get this verdict in the courts of heaven. I'm going to go get a verdict on my behalf. Because strong man, you got to go. So. They're trying to control the gates to your life. They're trying to determine, they're trying to control your destiny. They're trying to snatch things that you're already supposed to have. They're trying to block and lock up your destiny, lock up things on inside of you. And they want to keep the same pattern going. The same pattern. So, so put that perspective now. So the only way the strong man can gain access is through legal access. They get legal access again to sin, disobedience, rebellion, etc. Disobedience to God can delay the manifestation of prayers, but obedience can speed it up. Jesus left us some keys. It all said, hey, I'll give you the keys. He said, I'll give you some keys to the kingdom of heaven. You have keys to the kingdom of heaven. We've been given keys. We've been given the master key. Understand this now. And so Jesus left us some keys in which we can access the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God right here on earth. And keys symbolizes authority. Authority. He was reminding us, I'm giving you authority. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What's that? He was saying, I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you my authority to use against the enemy. 
I'm giving you my I'm giving you my keys to use to unlock the secrets from the kingdom of God, to unlock your wealth from the kingdom of God, to unlock what rightfully belongs to you in the kingdom of God, to unlock an unlimited amount of resources from the kingdom of God. Everything you need, I've given you right here with this key. And all access passed to heaven and all access passed to God, to the throne of God. If you use the key, if you keep praying, if you keep believing. If you keep seeking him in prayer. So we see that we can operate in divine authority as followers of Christ to carry out the will of God. God give you keys to unlock doors in your life. It's time for us to use those keys. Some things have been locked up by the strong man. But as you press into God. He will give you the right key to unlock the door. You have the master key. He'll give you that key to unlock the door. The strong man doesn't want you to find the keys. The strong man doesn't want you to use the keys. They don't want you to use the keys. Not at all. Not at all. Because they want to keep doing what they want to do. They want want to keep running game. They want you to stay locked up. And the keys, again, were used to unlock the kingdom of God on earth. The strong man doesn't want us bringing God's kingdom on earth. And in its original context in, this pa- context in this passage, we can read it as, whatever you bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed on heaven. It's not about to happen. It's already done. It's the job of the strong man to make you think it's not done. It's a job of the strong man to make you think nothing's moving. It's a job of the strong man to make you think nothing's changing. They have to try to get you to convince you to believe the lie. To keep you locked up. They want you to believe the lie. Satan is the father of lies. What is his job? To lie. And everyone working under him to lie. Because they don't want you bring God's kingdom. They don't want you bring God's glory. So we have a duty to keep showing up. Why am I going back down? Why am I going to be moved by what I see? We talked about it last week. Your real side is faith. What we see through our physical eyes is not real sight. That's natural sight. Yes, thank God for natural sight. But our real sight is spiritual. Adam and Eve didn't even know they were naked until sin in it. They didn't know they had clothes on, but they were hiding from God. Which is laughable to think that you can hide from God, but that's what sin will do. That's what soul wounds will do. That's what the traps of enemy will do. Or have you to think God ain't seen it. Well, ain't nobody, nobody else, at least nobody else knows. God sees it. Your covenant is with God. Doesn't matter what anyone else sees or doesn't see. God knows. God sees it. And trying to cover themselves up. Watch this now. When they put on clothes and they try to cover themselves up. Prophetically, they were saying, we don't need your covering anymore. We're running from you. We're hiding from you. We can cover ourselves. That's what the flesh should do. That's what the enemy prays in flesh. When you think you can cover yourself. When you go about thinking you can do it yourself. They covered themselves when God was their covering. To where they didn't even know they were naked until sin entered. Then after that, then they went to 
covering themselves. That's fresh off the press right there. They went to covering themselves, trying to be their own covering when God was always supposed to be their covering. They ran from the one who covered them. The one who created them. They were hiding from his presence. They were hiding from his goodness. They were hiding from his grace and mercy. And it's like saying, God, we got this. We're going to cover ourselves. We ran from you because we saw we were naked. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you could cover yourselves? Who told you you could protect yourselves? Who gave you that thought? Who gave you that idea? Who gave you that suggestion? Who sowed that seed? We can't hide from God. But that's what the strong man wants you to do. The strong man wants you upset with God. The strong man wants you to blame God. That's all strategy. It's strategy, of course. You're not flesh. Stop acting like it. Stop acting like it. And yes, feelings are real. Emotions are real. Pain, trauma is real. But we got to confront it. We got to confront it. Deal with it so we can heal. You got to deal so you can heal. If you don't deal, you can't heal. We got to confront it. We got to deal with it. Yes, it may be hard. Yes, it may be deep. But it's that same thing that the enemy is using to control the gates in your life. What comes in and what goes out. Then the enemy mess around controlling what you're able to receive. Think about that. There's some things you've been supposed to have. We've been supposed to have. It's because of wounds. It's because of other things that we were not able to receive it. Because the enemy who then became a gatekeeper in certain areas in our life determined, nope, that's not coming in. Nope, you won't get a chance to receive that. Nope, you're going to reject that. Because they're controlling those gates. And we have to repossess our spiritual gates from the enemy. And remember, there's also gates into the city. So they believe that they control the gates to the city. That's why you pray for the area that you're in, the region you've been assigned. Because the enemy, the principality, the strongman over that region, over that's been assigned to that region, is trying to control what gets in, what goes out, trying to determine what's happening, what crimes are going on, what's going on in this area, what's going on in this neighborhood. So we have a job to be watchmen on the wall, get on our posts and say, not on my watch, not in my city, not in my territory. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. I have a job to do here. And ain't no demon, no witch, no warlock, no source, no evil altars going to stop me from doing it. You asking for a fight, you got it. Ain't going nowhere. So God gave us keys. Essentially, it's declaring what God has already said about something. As a part of the kingdom of God, this is what we do today. We're to carry out God's will on earth and do what he commands. God gave you the authority through Christ to bring heaven on earth. So if, if it doesn't look heavenly, start using your authority more often. To walk in authority of Christ is to utilize that power and authority to accomplish God's will on earth. That's what it's for. Some things you don't even have to ask God for because already, he's already released it. You just have to use your authority to take it back from the enemy. 
Some things we've been asking God for, God said, I already said it. Use your authority. Take authority. Use your rulership. Get on your throne and you demand it back and you fight for it back. No matter the battle. But seeking him before any battle. What do I do? Number one, your first job. Your first job is to get on your face. Your first job is to chase after God, to spend time again with him, intimate time with him. That's your first job, your first assignment, intimacy with God. And what does it mean to bind? It means to forbid something or also to obligate something. To loose means to allow or permit something. It also meant to remove obligation. So we could also look at the passage as saying, whatever you forbid on earth has already been forbidden in heaven. Whatever you allow on earth shall have already been allowed in heaven. And doing in this particular time and that time and passage, binding and loosing uh, uh, were authority given to disciples so they could apply dis- discipline in the church. It was used for leaders in the church to bind or to forbid or to loose or to allow certain behaviors in the church. They had the right to banish or admit anyone into the community. And so the term binding loose, of course, is also often used in spiritual warfare. However, we have to understand that binding in that context is like tying a demon up or, or arresting them. Remember, Scripture says you have to bind the strong man, arrest the strong man to make them stop doing what they're doing for that moment. So we have to bind the strong man through our authority in Christ. We bind the strong man through prayer and warfare. However, binding is just one part of it. The strong man would then need to be cast out. See, the authority gives us that, that, that arresting ability. And the power kicks them out. And many times we have to deal with those spirits, those low-ranking spirits, those foot soldiers of the strong man before we get to the strong man. That's why, why we have to be persistent and consistent. And so casting out a demon is causing it to leave where it's taking refuge, whether that be in a person or a place or a thing. It's saying you will no longer control the gates here. You're forbidding the demonic spirits from doing what they're doing at that moment when you bind, but you must give them a command after you after you bound them to leave. All right. So loosing in spiritual warfare deals directly with the person. It's loosing them from the hold of the enemy, the trap of the enemy. When 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 the grave clothes uh, last was bound in grave clothes, etc. Jesus said, "Loose him and let him go." So it's like untying a person. So the binding is buying, binding up and tying up. Uh, loosing is untying a person. It's loosening. So for lasting results, that spirit must still be cast out. And one must continue in faith and obedience to God. God gave you power over the work of the enemy. So you just have to accept your victory and fight back in the spirit. You are an arresting officer in the spirit. Repeat after me. I am an arresting officer in the spirit. Say it again. I am an arresting officer in the spirit. God gave you the power. He gave you the authority to arrest demons who have been messing with you, who's been fighting against you, who's been trying to stop you, who's been trying to derail you. Take back control of the gates in your life what demons took control of. So we got to take back these gates. Spiritual gates. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 7. 1 John chapter 2, 
verses 15 to 17. You are an arresting officer. And no longer would the enemy, the strong man, hide behind the scenes, controlling any gates in our life. Trying to tell you what you can receive and what you got to reject. Get your verdict in the court of heaven. First John chapter two, verses 15 to 17. It says. Do not love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world. The love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. So we understand that we live in the world, but we're not of the world. We influence the world. We're supposed to influence the world. So this is why we should not love the world, because if we do, the love of God is not in us. You can't love the world and love God because that's a contradiction. However, we should love God who gives you the power to rule in the world, the authority to rule in the world as Christ rules through us. So the strong man attempts to entice us through our flesh to indulge in the things of the world. You're in God's army, and that means you have the power and authority to defeat the enemy, no matter how great the attack. We understand that. But then he says, but there's the lust of the flesh. What's that? Anything pertaining to outward senses like taste, touch, smell, sensual pleasures. It could be anything dealing directly with the desires of the flesh that goes against God. And we know flesh and spirit are complete opposites. So that lust of the flesh, that stuff that the flesh wants, that we're supposed to deny, that we're supposed to die to. That's the lust of the flesh. Then it says the lust of the eyes. Things that our eyes see that can cause us to sin. Things that our eyes see that can wound our soul. One sees an attractive individual and begin to fantasize about them in their mind. One sees rich and glamour and may do ungodly things to try to attain it or, or begin to covet it. Lust of the eyes. And we try to use our eye gates to entice us into sin. And then it says the pride of life. That's going after status, going after honor, going after notoriety. Or anything producing arrogance and pride. It's pride. Trying to take the credit. Trying to be seen. I want to be the one that's seen. I want to be the one that's known. And what happened when Herod made that great speech and asked, oh, they said, oh, and there were people yelling, oh, this is the voice of a, of, of a God, not of a man. And because he didn't give God the glory, he took he tried to take it for himself. It said he was struck down. An angel struck him down. And he died. Because he was trying to take the glory from God. He thought he was God. He was soaking it all in. When the glory shows up, we don't want to be on the wrong side of God's glory. We carry God's glory. And he's, he's making more room for more and more of it. So we have to make sure we stay in position to pray. And so again, there are gates. There are gates. There are gates to a person's body. To our soul. In which the enemy can then try to attack. Eye gates, ear gates, mouth gates, touch gates, nose gates. There's gates to your to all all access points to your body, to your life, to your soul. And once a gate has been breached, 
which is oftentimes to sin, disobedience, stress, doubt, worry, fear, the enemy has some access. So again, eye gates, ear gates, nose gates, mouth gates, feet, hands, skin, sexual organs. If you lose possession of your gate over to the enemy, the enemy becomes the gatekeeper in your life. And then they control as much as they can that part of your life. Said, no, I'm going to determine who you're going to be with. I'm going to choose the one you're going to be with. And I'm going to cause more wounds. And I'm going to cause more damage. And I'm going to cause this and I'm going to cause that. Because I'm controlling this part of your life. I'm controlling this gate in your life to your marital destiny. I'm controlling this gate in your life to your finances. I'm controlling this gate in your life to health. I'm controlling this gate to whatever it is. They're trying to use it to determine what gets in and what gets out. To try to get you to make a decision independent of God. So then the enemy becomes a gatekeeper in that area in your life. And then, again, what, what, what happens? Then that strong man then commands, uh, gives specific commands uh, to uh, uh, the lower-ranking spirits. So if you lust, it gives the ruling spirit and control and an opening to invite adultery. And so, so, so on and so forth. Inviting masturbation, homosexuality, fornication. We got to protect the gates. So it's, it's possible that your gate was breached at childhood. And you never got control of it. It could be something that was already on your bloodline. And that strong man had uh, access to the gate of your family. Because they don't play fair. So now you know what you know. Wait a minute. I had to take back control of every gate in my life. Are there any gates where they've been breaches? So even back on my bloodline? Well, wow, I see how many people mishandle money on my bloodline. Well, I saw, I see that pattern. I see that pattern. I see that pattern. I can see what a strong man has done down my bloodline. So they think they're going to possess my gate because of what happened on my bloodline. No, I'm going to do something about that. I'm the curse breaker. We protect our gates. So it's time to confront and conquer what's been haunting you. Like if something goes way back to childhood, that may still be giving demons legal right, giving a strong man legal right to torment. But we have to confront and conquer. Repeat after me. I must confront and conquer. Say it again. I must confront and conquer. And I must deal so I can heal. I must deal so I can heal. The enemy wants that. Why do you think over your life period of time, this point, you can look back on when you may have suppressed some things. And it's been so, been so suppressed that you done forgot about it. You thought you were over it. You thought you were past it. You thought you were beyond it. And the enemy is using that hidden secret soul wound to keep gaining access, to keep taking that back to the courts of heaven, to keep using that as a legal right to access you. Access you. We have to confront it. We have to heal. We have to deal so we can heal. We can't run from it. We can't do what Adam and Eve did. Oh, we sinned. Oh, wait a minute. We're hiding. We're hiding. We don't, we, we don't even want to admit that we sin. When God addressed Adam, he didn't admit that he sinned. He said, the woman you gave me, 
Oh, so you can try to put it on. So, so right there, watch this now. Right there, we see a soul wound from sin. But we see how this soul wound now went into play. Now we see how the enemy became a gatekeeper in Adam's, Adam's and Eve's life. Because the one who was their protector, their provider, their comforter in the presence of God. Now he comes and now Adam and Eve is saying, no, we can protect ourselves. And by the way, God. The only reason I sinned was because this woman that you gave me. Now he blaming God. He's putting it back on God. And he's kicking his wife under the bus. He was supposed to be his wife's covering. And now he's kicking her under the bus. It's like saying, no, I'm going to put Eve in front of me. I'm going to hide behind her. She's supposed to be protected. The protector. I'm going to hide behind Eve. Hello. I'm showing you what happened in the garden. I'm showing you what happened in the garden. He was putting the blame back on God. Blaming God. Remember I said earlier how the enemy, the strong man, wants you to blame God, to be mad with God. Adam was low-key upset with God. She wasn't trying to take responsibility as a leader. Nope. Mm -mm. Not only, it was, it was bad enough for him not to take responsibility. But then he kicked Eve under the bus, blaming on her. And blamed God for giving the gift of Eve to him. When he was at first, before he was like, oh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Oh, woman, she is beautiful. I will call her woman. It was all good. Until trouble brewed, it was all good until sin in it. And then now Adam have the audacity to blame God and blame Eve. Instead of saying, Lord, I take ownership. What would have happened if there was repentance in the garden? Not saying they didn't repent afterwards, but what would have happened if they repented when they had the opportunity? So he was standing in his disobedience. Instead of taking responsibility, repenting. That's what the strong man wants you to do, to stand in disobedience, stand in rebellion, stand in sin, swim in sin. Run from God. Hide from God. And then now that gatekeeper, that strong man said, now I want you to reject God. Or I want you to feel rejected by God. Strong man. Controlling gates. It's a cycle. I see it all the time. But we have to recognize it. God's big enough to handle it. Yeah, Lord, I got upset with you. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I shouldn't have. I know that was the flesh. I know that's frustration. That's not me. That's really not me. Repent. But you see the strategies of the strong man. This is a tactic. It's a tactic. That's what they try to do. They're trying to get us to bite the bait. Trying to get us to reject God like Adam and Eve did. Running from God. Running from his presence. And so think about this. If we're running from God, who are you running to? If we're running from God, who are we running to? 
And sometimes it's a standoff, right? It's a standoff. Like, I don't have nothing to say because I'm upset, feel upset by God. I feel hurt by God. But what you're doing, it's not a standoff. You're running to God. And if you're not running to God and you choose to just stay, I'm just, I'm not doing anything. You think you had a standoff. But if you're not running to God, who are you running to? Who are you running to? If you think about it, let's let's put it together. If we're not running to God, who are we running to? It's the strong man to make to want to make you feel hurt by God. Think about think about how it sounds crazy on the surface, but it, it it gets deep when you start dealing with deep wounds. Adam was in full fellowship with God. It wasn't like Adam to literally blame God, but he blamed God because of what was what what the sin that took place when he ate from that tree. He didn't take responsibility. And yes, there's some things that are painful, some things that are hurtful, but it wasn't God. The strong man wants you to blame God. The strong man wants to be mad with God. The strong man wants you to run from God. And if you're not running to God, you're saying, God, I can cover myself. And that's the enemy's playground. And the enemy's taking that right back to the court of heaven. Yep, 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 yep. I'm going to keep using legal right over and over and over again. You keep thinking you're running from God, or you keep thinking, I don't got nothing to say to God, and understand, it can get rough. It can get real. But the fact story, it's still going back to trust. It don't matter how, it don't matter how you spin it. It's going to go back to, do you trust God or not? It goes back to your love for God or not. The strong man, if we get the strong man that much power in our life, they're going to use it. They're going to keep using those breaches, and breach after breach after breach after breach, and now, now they've got you in this cell. Now they put you in this cage. To where yeah, they say, yeah, let's keep them stuck there. Because they don't want you running to God. They don't want you chasing after God. They want you blaming God. They want you to be mad with God. Because they know your secret is in God. If we're not running to God, who are we running to? You're pretty much saying, Lord, I don't trust you. I'm closing myself off to you. I'm going to cover myself. And the enemy says, yeah, now I'm going to cover you. That's how it works. That's how it works. So we have to stand our ground and say, wait a minute. It definitely ain't going to help me being outside of God. It definitely ain't going to help me being on outside out here. I can't cover myself. No matter how hurt you are, how disappointed you are, it can't be with God. Come on, Adam. It can't be with God. We can't put the blame on God. God told us to rule here. Yeah, it's a fight. Yeah, it gets real. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. But I'm not about to let the enemy keep going to the courts of heaven to bring accusations against me saying I don't trust God. And then now that gatekeeper, that demonic gatekeeper, that strong man is coming and saying, yep, come on, bring it on. What's God releasing? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh, by the way, I'm going to take that, too. Oh, let me dangle it to make you think you're about to get it. Oh, I'll take that, too. It's a sick game. And we got to beat them into submission. And it's going to start with chasing God. We can't get around it. It is no way around it. Yes, there may be moments in the flesh. There may be moments in the soul. But Lord knows we can't stay there. Lord knows we can't live there. 
even if you don't have a word to say, you just lay there before the Lord. Lord, help. Lord, help. And just sit there. That's a prayer. And that's all you can get out. Lord, help. Jesus. And he knows what's going on. And then you're praying internally. Help me. I have no words to say. There's times when there may be no words to say. But just by you showing up your presence and saying, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. And you just got to lay there and cry. I'm here. If you got to sit there and be upset, I'm here. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be this way. I know there is no way but you. You are the only way. I need you. I got to have you. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I know it ain't you. I don't want it to feel like it's you. I know it ain't you, but my soul is hurt. My soul is wounded. My flesh is heavy. I don't feel good. I don't like the way this feel. I don't like what's going on. I'm hurt. I'm sad. Hey, he can handle it. Lay at his feet. Lay those burdens at your feet. Sometimes you just lay there. And all the burdens on you, Lord, it's here. I, I don't got the words. You discern it. You know what's in my heart. You know what's coming out. It's, it's pouring out of me right now. That's better than shutting down and de being determined. I'm not going to say nothing to God. I'm not going to talk to God. I'm going to stay away from God. That, that, who's that hurting? That ain't help. That, who's that hurting? Us. We can't cover us. Flesh was never meant to cover us. Flesh was never make to make, created to make decisions. Let's go to our last passage. Genesis 22. Verses 15 to 17. Genesis 22 verses 15 to 17. There are times you just throw your hands up. Lord, I don't know what to say, what to do. I'm here. Today's the day. I'm, I'm here, Lord. I, I, don't, I don't got nothing today. I'm here. Help me. Show up. Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 to 17. New King James Version says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. So we see the promise of God. God gave to Abraham after his faith was stretched. And Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son uh, to God. However, it was just a stretching of his faith. God did not allow child, child, God didn't allow child sacrifice. That was something that people did when they worship idols. God pushed Abraham's faith to another level because Abraham was willing and obedient. He was pushing him. He was pushing him. So we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, how much are we willing to sacrifice to get more of God? Abraham's family will be blessed and all his descendants. And we know we're also descendants of Abraham. We can also possess the gates of our enemies. So this again shows again that Satan has gates. The strong man has gates. The strong man is trying to take your territory. But when you pray in war, you will possess your land while the enemy has to watch. And when you're willing to put God first to your actions, he will always reward you for it. You diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently. And you'll be able to possess the gate of your enemies. Not only will you get what God released, but as you walk in authority, demons will have to pay you interest on what they held up. And guess what? And we get to legally rob the enemy's camp. And unlike us, they have no legal rights to get it back. 
we have legal rights to get back what, what was stolen from us, but the enemy has no legal rights to come back and get what, what rightfully belongs to us that we took for them, nor did they have legal rights to come back and get what we stole from them. That extra stuff. Hello. And nothing really belongs to them anyway. What happened when the Israelites left Egypt? It said they plundered the Egyptians. Their gold, their silver. They didn't leave empty-handed. You're not coming out of this empty-handed. Please understand. You're not coming out of this battle empty-handed. We're going to take back the possession of our spiritual gates through prayer, through warfare. Lord, if there's any areas in my life where there's been a breach, close it up. I take back possession of every gate in my life. Shine a light on me. Any areas that have been breached, any areas where I, where I have not let go of, any areas where I try to cover myself, any areas that I try to put my own hands in instead of surrendering totally unto you, show me and show me how to go about this, how to fight this battle. What's the strategy for this battle? Because I know I'm not leaving empty handed. No chance. No chance. Hello? No chance. No chance whatsoever. So we have to possess, take back control of the gates, our gates, and then take control of the gates of the enemy. And then we're going to determine what comes in, what goes on. No, you try to bring that in my life, negative. You try to bring that residue, nope, residue, you got to go. You try to bring that contamination, nope, no res, no contamination coming here. I'm protecting, I'm now, I'm, I'm managing God's glory. You managing God's glory? Nope. Can't have that. Not going to entertain that. Nope. Not going to my eye gates. Nope. Not entertain that in my ear gates. Nope. Nope. Not going to bite that bait. Negative. I have to manage. I have to be a custodian. I have to be a manager of the glory of God. That's what we have to do. Hello? That's what we have to do. Simple as that. We, that that's what we're supposed to do. Put, put it in perspective again now. Put it in perspective. And so uh, it's our job to rule on this earth. It's our job to rule on this earth, to rule, to reign, to have dominion. What I say all the time, the earth is not your home. It is your throne. It's where we rule from and we have to possess, take back the gates, our gates, take back control of our spiritual gates. And then we can also possess the gate of our enemy and a strong man going to have to go. No matter what they try to do in our territory, it's not going to work. And we get back on our watchtower, on our post and pray. We got to protect our spiritual gates. We got this. We're not renewing no covenants and no contracts with the enemy. No more. No more. Done. Finished. Our covenant is with God. And when you go to the courts of heaven, remind God that I'm in covenant with you. I break any covenants the enemy brought me in, in, into unknowingly. No, no, no. I'm sitting here to bring your kingdom. To bring your glory. Lord, clean me out. Search my heart. Anything else that's there, any residue, wash it away, wash it away, wash it away, wash it away, wash it out. Show it to me so I can deal and heal. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, the first call. Is uh, if you're not saved, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ came that you may have life, and that you may have life more abundantly. If you're not saved, you can't get it right without Christ. You get it right with Christ. Salvation is not the end. 
It is simply the beginning. So if you're not saved, that's your opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you never accept him, you can repeat that to me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead with all power in your hand. Father God, please forgive me of all of my sins, known and unknown. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to live for you. You belong to me and I belong to you. If you just say that for the first time, we rejoice and we welcome you to the family of God. Angels in heaven are rejoicing with you right now. We welcome you to the family of God. You can also send an email to info at thecorgreen.org uh, so you can get some, some information uh, to, to help you on your new journey. Amen. Uh, the second call is if you know this is home, you've been hearing the sound, you've been hearing the sound, you've been hearing the sound, you're growing here, you're being stretched here, you're being pushed into destiny here. If you know this is home, no matter where you are across the globe, no matter where you are, if you know this is home, God's doing a new thing, you you you, you adhere to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. If, if, if that's you, you send an email to info at thecoregreen.org, info at thecoregreen.org, saying you want to become a member of Upper Room Kingdom. Uh, and the second call is uh, if you already connected somewhere, but I, I serve more as a mentor, you still feel very much connected here. You two can come aboard as a partner. So you can also come aboard as a partner. So send an email to info at thecoregreen.org, whether membership or partnership. And we welcome you to the room family. Amen. Uh, and also our church on the gold service. Live service for February is uh, the flyers already posted. Uh, on social media, on the, on the Facebook ministry page, uh, again, the 15th and the 20th, Saturday, February 15th and Saturday, Saturday February 29th of this month uh, at 11 a.m. So the flyers already posted uh, uh, so you can govern yourselves accordingly. Amen. Awesome. So that's all the announcements I believe that I have. Uh, so I will close out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study. We thank you. We thank you. For all that was said and done on this evening, we thank you for your word that went forth, O oh God, that it will take root in our lives, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for exposing the works of the demonic storm. And we thank you, O oh God, that we, as godly strongmen, O oh God, we will overpower, overcome the works of the strong, the demonic strongman against our life. We thank you, God, for continuing to push us forward into our destiny as you continue to order our footsteps and keep us on the path of righteousness, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God. For your love, your joy, your peace that rest upon us, oh God. We praise you now. We exalt your name. We magnify your name. We thank you, God, for helping us to reclaim the spiritual gates in our lives, oh God. That every demonic gatekeeper will be evicted. We command them to go by fire in the mighty name of Jesus. We send heaven hosts to go before us and fight and do war on our behalf. No weapon they form against us shall be able to prosper. We love you. We praise your name, O oh God. I declare your ministering angels to minister unto these, your people, O oh God. We love you. We praise you. We glorify your name, O oh God, for you are holy, for you are worthy, for you are wonderful, you are marvelous. And we tell you, thank you, O oh God. We love you. We love you. We adore you. We give your name all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, so be sure to go back and uh, watch this replay at some point in time uh, over the next week. Uh, before our next Bible study, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's always remember that you are the breath of God and God never wastes a breath. It's the Corey Green sign out. God bless you and we smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media. 